a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a rock. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very profound. Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Thomas. This week, we have Christopher, the astro medium. He is a psychic medium, an empath, an astrologer, an ascension and awakening facilitator. This is one of the most insightful and intelligent people that I've ever spoken with. We really go deep on this one, guys. Uh, We speak about his kundalini uh, awakening. We talk about all kinds of cool stuff. So if you're into the out there, Go ahead and keep listening. Uh, he will be linked in the show notes as well as far as where you can find him, how you can contact him. Uh, and uh, without further ado, uh, Christopher, the Astro Medium. All right, welcoming to the show is Christopher, the Astro Medium. Christopher, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? And every day above ground's a good one, right? Yes, sir. Cool, 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 cool. Well, i really looking forward to speaking with you, man. Uh, we had a little uh, kerfuffle on our first show, which uh, I want to talk to you about. But tell my audience real quick uh, just a little bit about yourself before we get it going here, man. Well, I am a psychic medium, empath, intuitive astrologer. Um, among many other things, I am based in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I am passionate about the ascension and awakening process. I am an ascension and awakening facilitator, and I help people heal, connect with their loved ones, their spirit guides, their higher self, all that good shit. And I also am passionate about astrology and bringing astrology to the world stage from a scientific and consciousness perspective. I love that you're blending the two because it's very important for the movement, man. Um, it's been a, it's been one of those things to where it's been kind of woo wooed and and I, for for whatever reason, I I think that when you when you hear naysayers about this kind of topic, uh, usually I'm like, okay, well then there's got to be something dope to it, you know? There's got to be something real to this. If the people I'm gonna hold up air quotes here in power say that you shouldn't be paying attention to it or whatever, I mean, because the term conspiracy theorist was made up by the CIA to deter anybody from questioning the official narrative of the JFK assassination, which, I mean, documents have come out from our own government saying that there was some, there's quirky shit going on there. So it's one of those things where, again, when, whenever, whenever people say, oh, don't look at that, it's dumb. Why would you think about that? That's stupid. But billionaires are the ones that use astrology and, you know, every, well, so does, I mean, so does our government. And if you've never read the book by uh, Ronald Reagan's astrologer, I mean, she's the reason we didn't go to war and that's why it was cold. It was about to get really hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For everybody and hiding under those desks was a good move. I'm glad we turned our, yeah. our parents had to do that. Right. She understood what was going on on in the planet at that time, which was actually the same astrological transit one of the same astrological transits that occurred in 2020 really okay so how did that saturn pluto conjunction so that was occurring at that time and um the saturn we can talk more about that here in a little bit but just as an example um that was one of the that was one of the books and one of the stories that actually 
allowed me to take astrology seriously when I was a teenager, when I was just into it for fun. And um, I've always been very science minded. So that was one of them that actually got my attention. Like our country has used this type of art form, which is also a science. Um, and so I, I began to take it a little bit more seriously then because I used astrology or I loved astrology from a personality or a psychological perspective, um, but from a world event perspective and predicting events, I wasn't really into that. I just thought I didn't understand how that could work, but that book changed my mind. Amazing. How did that book come into be? Was there some serendipity with it or was it something you sought out or did I it just come upon it in a half price bookstore and I and I and it was one of the original copies and I was I actually read most of it while I was in the store. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> so because I was like, I'm not buying this shit. And by the time I was halfway through with it, I was like, oh, my God, I need to take some of this more seriously. I, they're not sponsors, but half price books. Am I right? Half price books, the Dude, actual store, half price books. <laughs> I love that store, man. I mean, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. They're not sponsors. We're just going to plug them because it's a it's a crazy cool place. Because if you think yeah, about it, I mean, so many of us have uh, awakened to a new version of ourselves for half the price. Mm, uh, <laughs> that actually should be their tagline. Uh, half price, half price wow. books. People, reach out to me. I'll get you connected with Christopher Hill. Hook you. Be careful. Our books may <laughs> induce Kundalini awakening, but. Fifty percent off, <laughs> half off of some spiritual shit. I, I I do want to talk to you about your Kundalini awakenings a little later on, but um, so it is interesting though. So whenever people, like I said, make fun of this kind of thing, it's it's something that billionaires use. You know, billionaires predict their money off of this stuff. Every president that we've ever had has had an astrologer. There's something to it, and that's why I love the approach that you take because it is scientific in a way, you know, because you need to know the movements of planets, you need to know all of these things, but then you tie in the esoteric with it. And the esoterics, I, again, only in my mind, the esoteric, because they don't want you to know about this. They don't want you to know. Yeah, the term esoteric in and of itself refers to something, a type of knowledge or teaching that is reserved for a specific people or a specific more I mean, you could also say superior type of people, okay, or people who only, a smaller group of people who only know about this sort of thing, or it's a niche <clears throat> sector of whatever we're talking about. And uh, astrology has so many scientific um, perspectives you can take on it, all the way down to vibration. Uh, quantum physics is actually what's helping, and physics itself, but quantum physics is really helping astrology to gain more momentum, no pun intended, in the um, bringing that to the world stage in a way that a lot of people like myself can understand it from a scientific perspective, because I can't explain to you how I'm able to talk to someone who's no longer in their physical body either. I can't give you the science behind that. I can give you more science behind astrology, actually. But my experience with consciousness that is not physically focused is very real. Yeah. And I've witnessed that and it shook me to my core. Um, so we actually have done this before. Um, so I, we did an interview a few weeks back and actually it was right in the middle of Mercury in retrograde. And I don't like to say that that's a real thing, but it's a damn real thing. And it really screwed up our, our, our interview. With it. 
Yeah, we've we've both had our experiences with it. Um, and so. so this is actually our second go at this. And you were so sweet to come back on. Like I said, thank you so much. I and and you were guys. He's so cool that he said you didn't waste my time. We had a good time. We were now friends, and you know that was a practice run. This is the deal. So I just wanted to again uh, be grateful for you for uh, coming back on with me um, after I begged you to because the show was so unusable, man. But I swear to God, I really tried. But you were so sweet about it. I gave him a call. He said, you know what? Don't worry about. It, I had a feeling, so let's just do it again. And so, thank you yes. again. Bottom of my heart, just shows just yeah. shows how cool you are. And I want to uh, uh, let the folks know out there how great your character is. So, uh, so with this, uh, what what got you started in all this, man? How did you how did you get rolling with this? This path in what in your path and your your um, figuring out that you're an empath, getting on the spiritual awakening oh, journey. Good and, Lord, yeah, okay. I'm like, okay, which one? Well, like astrology, that's kind of its own story. That's not really, um, it's more parallel um, to that. And I guess perpendicular at some point, but they did cross paths, obviously. Um, But, and it's all intertwined. It's all gone to a similar direction. But um, when it comes to of a spiritual nature, I guess it really started when I was a, when I was a kid and I experienced my first, first death of a family member. And, um, it actually caused some type of awakening in me. Um, I could say that it, that that was my first spiritual awakening that I can remember. And it wasn't like a Kundalini arising experience. It wasn't like that. It was when I started to question reality and I started to look beyond and I started, and I had always been, I had grown up, um, I was traumatized actually, but grew up watching all kinds of horror movies and my family really, that was what we did was watch scary movies and, um, murderers and, and, all that kind of stuff, that blood and guts that never bothered me. The ones that really bothered me were the hauntings and the ghosts and the spirits um, and the, the sixth sense and all that kind of stuff that really bothered me. And that's because I could feel things in my room at night and I would wake up in the middle of the night feeling things watch me and think that I was just making it up because I saw those movies, um, which very well I could have been. Okay. But it was when I was around 11 that, um, I experienced my first death and I actually started to form a belief that I was God and that none of this was real. And um, I even told my mother that because I used to ask my mom because I I loved to go to church. I wanted to go to church because I wanted to feel connected like everyone else was feeling connected to that because I felt like I needed that, whatever that was. I mean, it wasn't really out of fear or I don't want to go to hell. It was, there was some of that in there because it'll seep, that will seep its way into your consciousness, especially as a gay person that was in my consciousness from the collective, from an early age, which my parents did not give that to me. That was given to me through other kids or just through media. Uh, But going to church, I wanted to feel that connection. I never resonated with Christianity. I never resonated I would ask all these questions. I would ask my mom very deep, esoteric type questions. um, And she just wouldn't have any answers for them. And then I formed this belief around 11 years old that I was God and that all of this was a dream. It wasn't real. And that when I died, at whatever point that would be, that I would wake up as God and I would know how to do all this correctly through my experience now. And then I stopped believing that when I was like 14, 15 years old, I remember like not believing that anymore and then specifically becoming an atheist. 
and not believing in anything because that's what made most sense to me at the time. I thought all the other experiences I've experienced, I must have made them up. And I had, you know, I had a parent who did invalidate a lot of my experiences. So I, I could often be very dramatic. I have a stellium in Leo in the first house, and that's a very tightly compact amount of Leo energy in my personality, which is very dramatic, very over the top, very big. And so I oftentimes I believed the stories that my experience wasn't real because I was over dramatizing it or I was making it something that it wasn't. And that has still followed me to this day. And I still have a little chip that I'm chipping away at on my shoulder, which made it very hard to get into this type of work. But later on, after discovering certain um, spiritual modalities, texts, books, um, belief systems, I started to realize that that belief that I formed when I was 11 years old was exactly correct. So that, that was the moment that that occurred. But I also can say that um, around 18 years old, I was still battling. I would, I mean, I would have really kind of intense, I have Mercury in Gemini, so I can really spiral, okay, into all kinds of webs of thoughts, negatively or positively. And I remember lying in bed at night worrying about the fact that I was going to turn into dirt after I died and that nothing was going to be there. And um, then I experienced another death in my family um, when I was 18. And I started to experience lights going out. So um, street lights would go out when I would drive by them. And it was after my aunt had passed away. Uh, and although for years I, I correlated it to two things because I used to get hella speeding tickets. Okay. Like I had my license taken away twice. Um, I had to get a lawyer to get it back. So just know that if there is a speed demon out there, I they take after my heart. Um, I could be dead right now from how much I was speeding. So I thought that the lights going out were some kind of radar from the police letting them know. I was like, they've got lights, they've got radars in the lights because it would happen right as I drove under them or right as I looked at them. That was the weird part. That's what started to make me think I was being communicated with. And so years would go on and it would happen every single day, sometimes multiple times a day. Sometimes I would communicate with it, too. I remember one time I was leaving a, a sketchy situation and oftentimes I would be in very intense trains of thoughts while I was while I was driving. And I would kind of not be in my body because I just I can drive home and not remember how I got there because I can be very much in my mental body and existing in the fourth dimension and not really always here when I'm by myself. And that's that's normal for my type of personality and my, you know, psychic people and that sort of thing. But I remember driving and it happened and I just was not feeling well and I emotionally and I just said, OK, if you make it happen again. I'll believe. And then it happened again, like right after I said that. And then I said, OK, if you um, make it happen one more time, I promise I will never doubt that that you all are there, that I have a spirit team, that I have beings around me that I'm being communicated with. And as soon as I was done talking, it happened again. Damn. 
So yeah, and I was like 19 at the time and I just started crying and I just knew from that point forward that I was connected and that something was there and that I didn't have to worry about that anymore. And slowly but surely after that point, um, I started to get into, I was already into astrology at that point, but I started to really get into astrology, but I didn't feel that that was necessarily connected to anything spiritual. I was just super into psychoanalyzing people and figuring people out and being able to tell people about themselves and just knowing how spot on it was for me. Astrology was, I have my own story I could go on with my experience with discovering astrology and how spot on it was for me because I didn't even know what a moon sign was at one point. And when I started to discover my own birth chart in depth beyond my sun sign, I started, I realized something's happening here. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. There's something really real happening here. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about this is it's, it's kind of based on the individual, right? I mean, I, I think, and, and I've heard this before, and I think you and I talked about it was, is that this, everybody has this ability, right? Because it is an ability. It's innate in all of us, but some people are either really heightened. Ability? Yeah. The like ability to spiritually awaken, awaken the uh, ability to contact spirits and to do all this stuff. The, the, psychoanalyzation that you can do on a different level. Like there's a veil that, that we're meant to kind of, that a filter in our mind kind of retards because you're supposed to have this five sense reality world, right? In theory. But it, it could be also that this is something that we've had as humankinds and that whoever runs the planet eventually figured out how to suppress that so that they could better run the planet. It may be something like that. It may be something that's already innate I think in that us. There's something to that. But I also believe that our soul and God and source um, is run, really the ones running the show. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with being controlled. Why would you leave complete bliss and complete absolute oneness with source to come here just to be one with source again? No, you came here to separate yourself. You came here to have a a negative experience so that you could have a positive one. We came here to have these contrasting experiences and all of that sort of thing. So, and sometimes like in like entropy and physics, sometimes when you pull back on something or you restrict something, it makes it push more or it makes it evolve faster. Just like when you cage the bird, it desires to be free when it didn't know what freedom was before. Mm -hmm. So it has a unique experience because of that. And then when it does get out, it has a greater appreciation and that appreciation actually evolves its consciousness. And to what you said, it's, it's not the idea of the Judeo-Christian God or any, any God actually where there's dualism wrapped up in it, because I think dualism is an observable. God have dualism that exists. Well, he does. I mean, he, it does because it is everything, but we create the, the uh, polarity here in the third dimension like here in our physical dimensions that polarity and that negative and positive um duality exists here it doesn't exist in that frequency range right because that's all oneness that's all knowing and and i am a big fan of the idea that uh that we're all God experiencing itself subjectively, right? And so everything, there's nothing separate. It's just the illusion of separatism. Um, and it's like that Albert Einstein quote, you know, reality is an illusion, albeit a persistent one, right? So from our perspective, of course, yes, I, I love the idea that we are here to learn things uh, based on this five sense reality where the only real duality is like hot and cold, dark and light. You know, these are di 
dichotomy type points at two different ideas that exist at the same point in the same time, but they need each other for a frame Absolutely. of reference. Right? The, the universe is expanding, but there are universes that are not expanding, that are contracting. And all of this is happening and it's all happening at once because we know time isn't linear. So this idea that negative is bad and positive is good um, is just semantics at that point because negative is energy that contracts or takes away and positivity or positive energy is energy that adds to or expands and both are needed and we need that in these dimensions to have this experience yeah so do you think we're here for cosmic lessons or do you think it's just a ride it's like a like we're in some cosmic fair you know oh. out there and we pay oh. a quarter okay and i like that oh, idea too um go ahead no please please well, I don't think that we're here like students and our soul needs to learn something. No, our soul wants to experience something that's different. The ego needs to learn. Learning is, I don't know. Um, like, I don't need to learn what a roller coaster feels like. I need to experience it. I don't yes. need to memorize it or become better from it. I just... It's the soul is having an experience of evolution, but you got to understand that the evolved version of you already exists. The soul is calling you to this more expanded, more evolved version of yourself constantly. But that's only from our linear perspective, because the soul already is in perfect form. And the version of you that has already gotten closer to being soul enlightened or soul infused already exists somewhere in space and time, whether it's this incarnation, just a parallel version of itself or another incarnation that you've taken on in some other galaxy or some other frequency range. Mm. I love this idea. Honestly, you know how a lot of people say that Christianity just feels right. I can't explain it, but it feels right. Uh, that never resonated yeah, I with believe me. It is right for them. It's it, perfect for them. Correct. And I, I think... For them, sorry, but no. not perfect for them because they're lower life forms than we. And we have something figured out that they don't. There is something within them that resonates with that vibration or intention behind it or that story whether it's true or not, right? And I think that's absolutely correct for them. And sometimes if they're able to connect directly to their inner being, their, their source through that, that's the same things buying crystals or meditating. You're using that as a way of getting you there when we will eventually as a consciousness not need those types of things to connect. But if that allows them to do that, then they might be more powerful than those who are searching for the next best thing. Absolutely. And to what you said, the, um, the interesting thing, and again, another, another fun idea, uh, or comforting idea rather, is that it is all just a ride that you signed up for because you did sign up for because you're here, right? The logic checks out. But that maybe the fact that you are in the body you're in, your eyes look the way they do, your taste is the way that it is, your um, preference in anything is the way that it is because you basically maybe are walking up to a... Uh, an amusement park, let's say, for instance, and you, you're standing in line for this ride. And as you're standing in line, instead of getting like roller skates or something, they ask you your size and all that. You basically get like a questionnaire and it says, OK, what would you like to experience on this ride? And it's so detailed and so listed out where it's like, I want to experience what it's like to truly believe and resonate with Judeo-Christianity beliefs. I want to know what it's like to be born to parents like this. I want to know what it's like to have eye colors like this. And you basically tailor an experience and then they go, OK, there you go. And you go experience it and you come back with the knowledge and you're like, wow. 
wow, man, that was great. Let's write it again. And then you come back through the line and then it's like, okay, I want to be born in Africa. I want to have these parents. I want to have these sets of experiences. I want to know what it's like. And you kind of lay it all out before you even embark on the journey. It, it's a fun idea and it's one that allows you not only to really embrace the beauty that's here because you chose to be here, but also that you have tailored this life for you. So therefore, everything that happens is chosen by your higher self that knew that this is the experience that you wanted to have. It's, in my mind, the most comforting idea rather than, you know, all right, well, you know, if you eat eat pork, you're going to hell. There's this place that this guy made. He loves you, but you're going to go to this thing and, and you're going to hell, even though bacon's super delicious. Well, I used to say, you know, I used to ask my mom, you know, if God is all knowing and all seeing, that was my favorite thing to say when I was like seven years old. If God is all knowing, all seeing, why doesn't he just get rid of the devil? Or um, if God is all knowing, all seeing, why doesn't he already know if we're going to hell, um, if he can see the future and things like that, that just would trip her up. But I also, um, I used to believe similarly to what you just described, which would be like, um, everything because time isn't linear um everything that we're experiencing has already happened it's kind of planned we're just experiencing it now and i don't necessarily um believe that anymore i do believe there is truth to that but i believe that narrative is like a blind person describing the sun and that's because he can feel it or she can feel it um she has an experience with it um there's an essence of it but describing the way it looks the blind person can't really grasp that and really give that part so the way we describe it using an amusement park or whatever analogy is still limited and it's still from a linear perspective and it's still from an ego construct that it's something that is already it just needs to be experienced and there's there's so much free will involved in that and really if you go into quantum physics there's so many parallel hallways you could walk down that turn into more hallways that turn, it's like a it's a fractal or you could say a kaleidoscope these things that are constantly becoming every millisecond whatever vibration you're putting out is bringing another bringing something to you bringing this experience to you in some way some things are more malleable some things are more fixed some things are more dense some things are more fluid but there is an experience uh, there are choices that can be made there's just no judgment of those choices we hold the judgment and rightfully so we're allowed to do that yeah yeah it's part of the thing if you say that that person stole something they're bad and then the spiritual bypasser comes in and goes they're not bad they were just having an experience where they chose something that you don't like and you just need to accept it it's okay to not like that it's everything's okay but also telling someone that they choose their experience when they're not feeling good can also be disheartening to them so i've been on the other side of that where i i knew i was choosing this in some way but it's hard for some people to wrap their mind around. And I believe that everybody is where they are consciousness wise and their, their egos allowing whatever it's allowing at that time. And so we're all trying to figure something out and we're all doing it the best we can. And like your story is perfect. It was, I, I completely agree with that. I do think it's not the whole story. I think it's only the way we know how to conceptualize it 
and we can and we can be given from spirit from higher beings from extra dimensional beings we can even be given a an explanation through channeling through um, clairsentience through instant knowing telepathy whatever it may be we may be given downloads of what that experience and what creation is really like but for us to even understand it we still have to put it in a certain framework that is still limited compared to the actual thing itself or the actual universe itself and what that actually is exactly and because it is an idea that's a little bit disheartening to know that it's all just experiential for some people now it's some some folks like me and you probably just understand this on that level. And so therefore we know that the choices that we make don't need to have physical in this world repercussions because we feel bad when we do it. You know, it's that Abraham Lincoln quote, when I, I do good because it's, I feel good, I don't, I avoid bad because it feels bad and that's my religion, right? And I think that that's enough. I think that that should be enough. The challenge I think you run into is the, the possibilities that exist here. And so for that, there needs... Some deity or whoever created this experience needs to, feels like they need to set parameters and set boundaries and things like that because, yeah, it is just a damn free-for-all. And if it is the case that we all return to source, which I truly wish to believe, I don't, I don't know. I don't think, like you said, we have enough information. I know what things aren't, but you I think that, okay. But I also want to emphasize that um, you can't return to source because you are source. That, that leaf on the tree wanting to become the trunk when the leaf is part of the organism and it's part of the formula. It doesn't need to wish to be another part of the formula or another part of the organism. It is that part. So, and it's very much needed and it's useful and it's, it's perfect the way it is. But what you mean is return more purely because you are, you're basically water in a cup that's waiting to evaporate and become a part of the air again. And so you're there, but you're becoming one again with something that is just higher in frequency. See, and I love this too, because talking to you, um, you, you help me. I, I feel like I do a great job of paying attention to my speech, but then I talk to you and I'm like, damn it, I'm such a piece of shit. And I really don't, I'm, and I'm noticing that. I don't really mean to correct you, but I'm letting you know, hey, you're giving it that way. Let me give you, because you're thinking things that I have thought before. And not that I'm more evolved. I'm saying, I've thought that too. And here's a conclusion I've come to now. I love it because this is something I experience all the time with people. I don't on my day-to-day, just out in the wild here, experience this kind of a conversation at this level, right? So I think usually I do have to put it in a different framework. I have to put it in something that's relatable. I have to talk about, well, it's a video game. And you know how in World of Warcraft, there's certain people here and there's certain people there. But I... I love the fact that I can I can have this conversation with you in the words that need to be said, but also that you are talking about it the way I want to talk about it. I'm just not usually, I'm not practiced at it because I don't get the opportunity to talk to people like you all the time. I, sure. Well, now I do, yeah. but it's great. So and I do this all the... You can say it. All the fucking time. So <laughs> I'm constantly talking about things like this or of this nature or contemplating these things. And I have for years and years and years. But now that I teach these things and I work with clients, and a lot of them do come to me and want to know because I do advertise that I'm very scientific. So a lot of them come in with questions about, well, how are they talking to you? Um, where are they coming from? Um, are they how are they with me? How are they not watching me in the shower? And I give them very specific um, ways of understanding that from a 
frequency perspective and from a more relatable perspective. So I'm constantly talking about all of this. And so there's a lot of, and I'm a lot more connected than I used to be. Uh, like I used to not think I was psychic or a medium or an empath. Okay. I was having all these experiences and just like, I don't know, like I was literally, but you just, your ego is only allowing certain things at a time. I had, I had certain desires for my life that did not include becoming anything that's happening right now. Yeah. Although my favorite TV shows, some of them that I was obsessed with were crossing over with John Edwards, um, Lisa Williams and Long Island Medium. Those were my, I was like obsessed and uh, I went to see Teresa Caputo live um, like nine years ago uh, with my mom and one of my friends that I always felt something about that. I saw mediums. I had, I had a medium in um, Bardstown, Kentucky that I saw several times over the years um, keep telling me that you are, um, you are, you have this ability to do what I do. And, but I don't know why I just didn't, I don't know. I just thought she was saying it. I don't know. You're just not ready for certain things at certain times. And I just thought it was too good to be true. But I was having the experiences of it. I was, but I usually was finding myself um, questioning myself too much and not wanting to be wrong and um, just trying to shut it out. And also, it would always happen when I was high or drunk, like, or when I was high or drunk, it would happen. And I didn't realize why. I thought maybe, I guess I realize now it's because it lowered my inhibition and I didn't care about being wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, or I didn't care about what they said if something I said didn't make sense. So I allowed it to flow purely. And so I had to learn now in the sober state to let that happen, which is still hard sometimes because some of the information that comes through is so off the wall sometimes that you think that that can't be right and your ego stops it. So there's a lot of that that I'm still working on, but I'm a lot more connected now than I ever have been. So I'm going to pull in information or receive things a lot or come to certain conclusions that might be a little bit more purely spiritual or purely what that what the universe is. What is the universe? Where did it all come from? I may be receiving it more purely from a higher self perspective rather than an ego story that I was fed or came to the conclusion of because I'm more in resonance with it often now. Hmm. What What do you think about the idea that you truly are it? Like that everything that you're seeing and experiencing is basically a play that's set up here that you interact with on a real-time level and that maybe like that's all there is. So your experience that you're having is your experience, but you're creating all of it. I, I like the idea. It scares the shit out of me, to be honest with you. Um, but it, it, it makes you free at the same time. Like it's the most freeing thing in the world, but it's also terrifying. It makes you, it's terrifying because it almost makes you feel like there's nothing real and your ego is your ego is really grabbing for something to be real and to be the way it was, how you once understood it. It brings up fear because if you were to buy into that or go in that direction, the ego would have to lose its grip. And so it brings fear into your system to keep you in that state of mind. And that's normal. That's what it's designed to do. But yes, we are. And there's also a loneliness factor. I guess there's no one else here with me and it's like well that again is your ego because you have to realize just like how you can design a computer to play chess with you Mm -hmm. so 
God has split itself in an infinite number of ways. So you can't be alone because there's only one anyway. Right. And that one loves itself completely. So it doesn't need anyone else. That's what's so cool. It's it's almost like uh, this is you're you're like a kid entertaining itself on a you know super cosmic level. Like maybe you yeah. are. Maybe you're just a child entertaining yourself with a game of being God and experiencing itself subjectively. And we're just cells running through a body, or you know, it, there's some conscious uh, evolution to it. But that's what's created everything. And so yeah. then and you know, for the purpose of expansion and evolution, there is a purpose to it, but. When we think about that, we think, um, well, the purpose must be to expand, to get somewhere. And it's actually just the experience of expanding is the experience that is desired to be had. And it's actually not even desired to be had. It just is. It's just what is happening. You know, I like it because it is kind of an as above, so below kind of a concept. Like if you can just have an experience to have it and not have any judgment over it or anything like that because you chose to have it. And there's no difference. There's no me and you. We're all the same thing. We're all one, which I love this concept. I I really do. That's if I had to plant my flag, that would be it. Even though, I mean, there's no way to really tell, right? Or there's no way to consciously in this life tell because the the crux of the experience and the beauty of it is you're born to forget. You have to forget that that's what is really happening because then it negates the entire thing. And it it's an awesome, awesome concept because yeah, it does mean that. So then the things that we create here on earth are microcosms of the massive macro that we exist as because that's all we are. So like video games or going into an escape room or something, you're having a minor, a minimal experience of, of something that you chose to experience and then it's over and then you go on to another experience, you know, but we do have this perspective of linear time, which makes it palatable for our limited understanding. And I think that that's interesting, man. Uh, yeah. It's great. I, I love talking to you about this shit, dude. Like I said, I know I, I get to kind of have these uh, conversations, but not at not at this level. And so I really I'm I'm grateful. So uh, getting back here, um, because I just I have a damn million questions. So this will not be the only time you come on, because uh, technically this is the second time. So um, what what is a spiritual awakening? Tell tell the audience a little bit that maybe aren't familiar with that concept and they're just hearing this. And if they've stuck it out through this part of the conversation, let's give them a softball, man. What's in? Oh, let me get comfortable here. Yeah, roll and... out. Roll out. Woo, okay, here yeah. we go. So a spiritual awakening is. Um, you coming into more resonance with your higher self. It is you becoming more aware of your ego and realizing that there's someone else in the driver's seat or that the ego is, doesn't have to be in control. Um, it's a new awareness of your experience. It's a new conclusion you come to. Um, it's very simple. A spiritual awakening could be realizing something about um, existence or the universe or yourself that immediately pulls you into more alignment with your higher self and your soul, as subtle as that may be. Um, A spiritual awakening could be having a child. I mean, there's lots of things that could cause a spiritual awakening um, in that way. There are also, in this time that we're in, um, accelerated or mass awakenings that are happening where people are, because what we think now is, Oh, I'm awake now. I need to put the Bible down and go buy some crystals. (laughs) But that's what people think it is. I can stop judging myself and I can go like 
be a witch and buy sage and post it on Instagram. And I'm spiritually, spiritually awake. And for those of you who are not spiritually awake, you're sheeple. You are people who are so asleep and I'm so awake and I'm above you because I'm actually now more in my ego. That is not what spiritual awakening is. Um, but there are types of spiritual awakening like a kundalini awakening because spiritual awakening is a very blanket term i mean there's a lot of things that can sit under here but there are um, awakenings where you have energetic or physical spiritual psycho spiritual awakenings where your frequency is actually changing upgrading and that's the process we're in right now is we're in a mass awakening and ascension process and from our linear perspective this awakening happens and I don't believe you awaken one time, okay? You awaken to new levels of yourself, new versions of yourself, new, um, new awarenesses. And in that process, you're ascending, which, yes, implies moving up. And when we as humans look up, we think it's better than. So, no, it's just, the, it's just evolution from our evolutionary perspective. 1989 isn't better than 1969 just because there was more technology and we just knew more. It's... It's all an experience that's happening where it's supposed to be happening at. But the soul is you are separating from source. You're, you are at this time a projection of your soul. And what the soul wants is for the through many incarnations, it wants to build up enough etheric matter in the etheric body. So you have an etheric body, an astral body, a mental body, emotional body, and a physical body. And it's kind of like you're a Russian doll. And the soul is so high voltage, so high electricity that it would fry the system if it actually came into the body or came fully into the physical dimensions and so it projects itself as a consciousness into this avatar and in is what is creating the avatar too it's not just there's some shell down here and the soul is inside of it like casper the friendly ghost it's you are that hologram you're those light particles that have all very intelligently are holding together in a specific geometric form. And the soul eventually wants you to build up an etheric, enough etheric matter and enough wattage capacity for it to come in and be a soul-infused being in the physical dimensions. And so that process takes time and there's a lot of DNA repair that must be done. There's a lot of, there's a lot of trauma in the mental and emotional and physical bodies that are densities is what we call that, frequencies that vibrate at a lower in a lower range which is not bad it just is what it is though because our emotions especially if you follow abraham hicks they do a great job at explaining that type of thing the emotional scale shame guilt depression anger all that stuff down here which is why you feel that compression in your body all the way up to pure positive joy love bliss all that kind of stuff it's frequency ranges that your body is resonating within and from abraham hicks perspective the better you feel the more in alignment you are with the vibrational frequency so your your higher self your soul is emitting a frequency or is a frequency and when you feel good you are in alignment with that or pointed in a direction that is in agreement with that so and there's something wrong with dipping out of that frequency you'll feel the response of that but there's that's your divine right to do that it is your divine right to rape and murder and steal okay you came here to do whatever it is that you want to do and if that doesn't feel good to you 
then it's your divine right to try to find your way back, okay? It's your choice. Um, it's your experience that's being had. But through that process of ascension, as the soul is pulling you toward it, you can look at it that way, or actually starting to come in or starting to take more, make itself more home in the physical body through all of these different incarnations. Eventually, that process will trigger a kundalini rising, which is the energy in the base of the spine that wants to rise and it wants to shoot out of the top of your head. And it all sounds very woo-woo. It all sounds very um, like science fiction. Yeah, like, like fifth element. Yeah. This energy just wants to shoot up your spine and go out the top of your head. I saw something like that in Star Trek. Well, they were kind of on to something in those shows. And the idea is that there is a geometric form and these energy centers are actually responsible for the functioning of all of this. So the Kundalini wants to rise and it's that fire energy and on its way, it will hit densities and it will hit blockages and it seeks to clear those things. And you may not clear everything out in this lifetime. And a lot of times we are clearing things that the DNA is releasing. Okay, I'm going to go into a little bit more detail about this. Just give me a second. The DNA releases um, toxins, frequencies, things that were passed down to you, densities, emotions, traumas, memories that are vibrating at a lower frequency. And your soul does not think it's bad. It knows that that frequency is too dense for it to contain this energy. So that must fall away like physics. It just... It must come out and purge. So what's happening right now are there's ascension symptoms is what people are talking about and what I post about and talk about. It's kind of become a term that people are talking about. My ascension symptoms and it's, you know, it's getting a little mainstream, which can get into some dangerous territory because then it limits it and it, and it puts it in a box and there's, and it's such a wide array of experiences, but I have experienced a Kundalini awakening and a Kundalini experience. Um, and it does come in waves and it's this idea that there are physical things that come to the surface. There can be um, things coming out of your skin. Um, there's emotional and mental things. You can have thoughts, memories that don't belong to you. Your, your father could have, um, your father, your father's father's father. I mean, all the men in your generation could have been what we would call just assholes. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying they could have been. And that lower frequency, that heavy ego story they were telling themselves, that abuse, that trauma, that control, whatever that was, if that vibrates at a lower frequency, which doesn't match that oneness or that um, unconditional love, it must come out in you. So a lot of times you have your own, you have these memories, these desires that come up, sexual desires, because Kundalini will definitely clear out that sacral chakra. You're like, oh my God, I'm a bad person. And it's like, no, you're actually clearing something right now. And in the time that we're in, we have such mass connection to each other. We, you are available to me right now. So the soul knows that. All that is knows that the extra dimensional beings, which are also helping us with this process, know that we have more access to each other. So before I kill myself from being insane or being schizophrenic, I will find this literature and this information that will help assist me in trusting the process now, because I have had lifetimes where I have been insane and put in 
mental institutions, okay? I have seen these things. I've had dreams about these things. I've had it verified in certain readings I've had with mediums who talked about it. And I have a very intense fear of being crazy. And it comes from having an experience like that. So now I probably am going through a similar experience that that being, maybe in the 1500s, began the process of doing or was having an experience of the soul finally coming into the body. Something came up to be cleared, but it got acted on instead. There's a lot of things that come up for us. There's a lot of bad people doing bad things when actually they are just repeating a programming and it's because their ego is identifying with it instead of witnessing it from the higher self's perspective and realizing this is something that can be healed, worked through, um, loved, accepted, honored, shadow work, all that kind of stuff. Shadow work, this whole thing that's happening right now on the planet, this is a new level of consciousness that we're at, where we're marrying psychology and spirituality right now for the purpose of evolving into a higher state of consciousness. And it is a real process. It's, it's our divine right. It was what was programmed into our experience at this time. The solar system is doing its thing constantly, but the galaxy is also spinning. And our solar system is going, also moves through different areas of the galaxy. And so at this time, the after one, two, two, one, two, zero, one, two, okay, that moment triggered a an ending of the third dimension. And now we began in these past eight years to take this ascension process to this next level, which was also programmed to really take hold on one, two, two, one, two, zero, two, zero. Okay. And th that was also when you had the um, epic Saturn Jupiter conjunction, which occurred on the winter equinox that day. And that was a signaling or a reactivation of a new cycle that would begin. And in the Vedic texts, they call, they talk about this as yuga cycles. These are cycles that we're moving through. And um, this is it's just part of existence. There are universes, there are existences, there are planets that are actually moving downward in frequency. Okay? That's not what we're on. We're moving up in frequency. We're going through an ascension process rather than a descension process. So there's no doomsday because that's for there are such things like that, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, but that's not the trajectory that we're on and we're moving. And in that process, there's all these things that have to come out. There's all of this um, experience that must be had. And we have the consciousness level, the technology, the understanding, the connection and the wherewithal to actually take this process on head on in a way that no, no being on this planet has been able to do before because there have been humanoid beings and advanced consciousnesses on this planet way before Mesopotamia. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking um, Lemuria and Atlantis and all that to say that those don't exist is just not using your logic and you haven't done enough research. So um, in my opinion, so there, but those beings were highly advanced in their own ways. And I do believe they went through their own descension process. And that's just the way the universe works. Okay. So the soul, you have probably been way more advanced life forms than you are right now. And you think, well, no, I should be a flea and then a cow and then a human and then some, a gray later. And it doesn't work that way. Right. Um, 
damn, it was just awesome. Okay, so let me ask you this. Uh, with with the ascension part of it, I wanted I wanted to make it a little bit more reductive for the audience, for those in the audience who are having a tough time. Yeah, you got, you're going to have to tell me to do that. I'm sorry. No, I no, just... no, 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 no. I want you to speak at the level you speak, and then I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to kind of interpret it just a little bit. Uh, I'll be a conduit kind of between, okay? But I love the way you're talking. I don't want you to govern anything. I think you're wonderful, and I am going to be linking uh, your at least your Instagram and any way you want to be found in your in the show notes here. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on. So uh, it it's almost like. Uh, the ascension process is almost like getting an upgrade on your phone or something or yes. an upgrade on your um, yes. your computer. And basically we're upgrading, you know, to the next uh, iOS or whatever. And so, yes, absolutely. So that will be the next level that we reach. It's just happening to everything at once. Right. It's not like, uh, no, I'd like to update that later. I'm kind of happy with what I got now. It's like, nope, we're we're doing it. We're doing it now. Some people are delaying it or have designed for them to delay it. And some people did come here to leave at this time. The 2020 thing that happened, um, there were many people who left. So um, someone in my family did and they had that is their divine right to do that. OK, so they left they did not wish to be here or they were not designed to be here at that time at least from their perspective and um i think that there's so there's so much that we could talk about with this whole process and it's and it's very hard to understand when you're not going through it and you don't have an experience of it and there's a lot of people who are experiencing these ascension symptoms and noticing that and um, it's it's difficult to tell and you have to trust your intuition and that's another thing that's boosting right now is psychic abilities intuition those are all things as the upper chakras are upgrading and receiving upgrades and downloading new frequencies you're going to feel physical symptoms of this process um, but there are mental spiritual emotional symptoms as well they're all happening congruently and there are things that you're healing in your mental body that eventually have to come out through your physical body um, you know you might cry and then you feel really tired for three days and it's because your physical body is almost getting sick or purging the emotion that was finally processed and so there's a chemical component that moves through the system through the lymphatic system or through the bloodstream that is trying to make its way out physically. Um, all that can happen just like when you have certain, I've had certain energy healings done or Reiki or things like that in the past. And I'd have to pee really bad after, or I would feel really, you know, your body has a response to all of that as well. Cause there's all this electricity moving through as these things are purging out. It's incredible. And, and, you know, I, I like how how it just how you wrap everything up in the fact that it's all explainable. You know, I mean, you have you have great answers for things and how it all ties together. You do have a great sense of science. You do have a great sense of these things, but you also have it from a right brain perspective or a, a, a higher consciousness type of perspective as well, which I think is important because then you get books out like um, the an end of upside down thinking by Mark Gober, or you get the holographic universe, of course, by Ma Michael Talbot, and he starts explaining all these incredible concepts, man, that scientists have explored. And they've looked at and they've found data that that concludes that this there's some crazy cool shit going on here. And if we yes. could just get that information, it's this is the part of it too where I'm I'm curious about because it does seem like there is some sort of awareness that people who make decisions for us, even though we make the decisions for us, it's almost like let me try and kind of wrap this up because I got about 12 things going on here at once. But I, I think it's almost like that there is a control mechanism kind of that doesn't want humanity to figure this out because then they're yeah, going to figure out 
that we have there's free energy everywhere like what tesla was talking about and then yes there you is. Know, then we have a much smoother much easier much more coherent as a society a global society type of a thing and not we're not talking new world order and eugenics and shit like this here we're just talking about that we're all really, those have credibility okay and yeah I, I completely um but the other part to this was is that it, it's almost like to, to what you said about the divine right, um, about that we do have the right to do anything we want here because it's it, we're doing it to ourselves in a sense because there's nothing else. I, that's, I think, the things that people who have been told their entire lives that there's two places that you go or that karma is a thing or that, uh, you know, heaven and hell exist. And if you don't do what I say or do what this dude says over here, you're going to go over here. It's that dichotomy and it's that idea that... Good things happen if you're a good person based on my beliefs or based on where you were born's beliefs. Good things happen to you. If you don't do where you were born or where your parents, where your mom decided to escort you out at, and that's now your belief system, it, it's then there's bad things that happen to you. So I think the divine right, and one of the hardest things to wrap your mind around is, yeah, shitheads go back to source because there's nowhere else to go. People want this cosmic justice, and they don't. This and that's their ego. And it is their ego. That's okay. They want revenge and they're not able to take it. So if we program revenge into the belief system and God will take care of them. And there's something that, um, you know, if you look at it, it's like, why is the devil so bad? He's the one punishing all the people you don't like. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, so uh, there's so many flaws in that system, but that was not designed to be flawless. It was designed to be, a control mechanism, which is a very human thing. And so we will find that no matter how much the top 1% or all these billionaires or whatever are trying to control us, you cannot control the soul. You right. just can't do that. Like there are people who believe that this coronavirus vaccine, you know, Bill Gates is in cahoots with some kind of reptilians. And you know what? That actually could be true. Yeah. You know what I mean? It could be. Let's let's just really understand the experiences I've had in the past few years. I now am going, you know what? I'm just going to not make a judgment about those types of things because I have seen and witnessed and now understand how possible those types of things are. But I had someone tell me, don't get it. It actually will. Um, there's something in it that will control your soul. And it's a technology that the reptilians have. And this is someone I'm talking to. Yeah. And I told him, I said, I just do not believe you can control my consciousness here. You can control that. You cannot mess with the soul. You just can't do that. It, 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 it's it, impossible. It makes it more um, comfortable because no matter what, you're in control of everything, you know, on a cosmic or supra conscious level, right? At the highest point. Um, I, I like that idea. I I think that it's going to be, that's probably going to be the hardest thing for people to come to terms with is an idea like that. I think that's kind of the top uh, part of an evolution of consciousness is to make that realization to where illusion is just, it's, it's an separatism is an illusion and it's just that it's an illusion so to get to that point yes it takes cosmic justice out of it because why would you punish yourself it takes the someone's going to rob me and steal my soul away from it because you can't rob and steal your soul away from yourself because it's you i i find it to be again daunting mentally just to kind of wrap your mind around from but extracting from these constructs that most folks exist in or this dualistic reality i i, I find it though very comforting in a, in a massive way though it's a it's a really nice thing Thing to think about and again it just kind of brings me back to the it's just a ride you know like bill hicks said it's all just a ride 
And mm-hmm. I like that idea. That's the honestly the best one to me. That's the most the most comforting. I like that. If that feels good, then it's correct. Mm. But but to other people, Christianity feels good and it's correct. And then to other people, Satanism feels good and it's correct. That's correct. This is this is this true. <laughs> you son of a bitch. We create our reality. So everything we're talking about right now is just regurgitation of other things we've read or come to conclusions of or received, and we're filtering it through our own experience as well. So there's just no point to even have this interview. I'm yeah, we're done, right? Are we done here? Okay, yeah. Let's just go do something. <laughs> yeah, else. I mean, I, I want to, I have my perspective, but when you get to this. When you get to this level of enlightenment. Oh. I'll put some whimsical music behind that. Go ahead. You definitely don't negate other people's perspective, even if they are just so lowly and beneath yours. But um, yeah, and, and a lot of these perspectives I've prescribed to or thought about before. So I understand why it would feel the way it does or feel real to them. So someone watching this may say, I don't believe in anything that guy's saying, but it's interesting. And that's fine. And, and and you're exactly because you're fine with it and but i i do think that that idea is fascinating as well because what if that is what it is you do create your own reality and if that's the case then you create the construct you create the the destination you create the experiences and you're doing this on a on a huge level that you're semi-aware of but not a hundred percent because there's you still have to reserve the right to be surprised by life that's the thing about astrology as well, is there's lots of things I could talk about in astrology that can help you understand the rhythms and the cycles and vibration and all of that type of stuff and archetypes and that the power that archetypes have um, and, and geometry, geometry, archetypes, vibration, all of that in physics, all of that is astrology. But I could also narrow it down to um, if I believe in astrology and I give it meaning, then it must be and it does have power. Yes. So even if it was something I was making up, I could actually make it real with my belief, especially in these dimensions that we're ascending to, this whole 5D phenomenon you'll hear people talk about. Um, oh, we're going to, let's get into that 5D frequency. And it's like, why are you all trying to get somewhere else than where you are right now? You know, you whatever's happening in this 3.9D that's yeah. happening right now, it's perfectly fine. So do you think the Ascension has to do, what, what does the Ascension have to do? I know it's an upgrade, but what do, what do we have to look forward to or what's something to look out for? Um, what we have to look forward to is a lot of coming to terms with and re- new realizations of who we are and our multidimensional selves, realizing that we truly are multidimensional beings and we have this ability and this um we are much larger and much more expansive than we actually feel or experience that we are that's something to look forward to it can be frightening in certain ways but there's also um an existence that operates out of pure synchronicity so abundance and synchronicity all of that we're experiencing a lot of those types of things but there are societies that in in beings in the galaxies and in the ethers that operate on pure synchronicity just like how when one duck flies or you know when birds are flying in such synchronized ways one turns but 
I can't really say that one turned, they all turned at the same time because they're all operating on one consciousness when they're flying together. They're all separate organisms and just like a, a hive of bees, they come back and they become one and there's a synchronization because they all connect. That's what telepathy is. I am a telepath. I can, I can have conversations with people and know what they're thinking, say what they're trying to say. And that's actually just mental empathy. I'm actually just tuning to the same station you're tuning to because I'm connecting to your energy. It's not that I can hear what you're thinking. No, you're receiving all of your thoughts and I just tuned my receiver to wherever you're tuning it to. Yeah, because I mean, there's a lot of questions like because consciousness has been called the great problem in science, right? And so consciousness, you know, there's more and more evidence, actually physical evidence that's come out uh, that it's non-local to the body, that you are just a receiver. You're the radio you're not the yes. radio waves. All of your thoughts exist within the, the plasma and the bio, the bio field around your body. Your brain is pulling from them, and the law of attraction responds to that. When you activate an energy and you feel something, that electromagnetic field around your body is your emotions are magnetic and your thoughts are electric. So when you feel something, it triggers a – there's a thought response because there's a congruency because men, mental energy is higher in frequency than emotional energy. And um, when you feel something, it draws something to you and it draws a new thought to it. And when you continue to activate that, the law of attraction, we can call it that, this um, responding mechanism is just bringing you more of what you're giving your attention to. And this is something that a lot of people know and are making sense of, where 20 years ago, the idea of some woman or some guy standing on stage channeling this higher consciousness, talking about the law of attraction, that was breathtaking. And for some, it still is because it's new to them. But for us, we're like, oh, yeah, the law of attraction, what you give your attention to, you, you get more of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a really magical thing. And that's not stop. And it's always been that way. And when you ascend and when you move up in frequency range and when you don't have all the think about. If you were down at the bottom of the ocean and you had all these cinder blocks chained to you, what the ascension process is, is you snipping away at those chain links. And as you do that, you start to, because you're meant to rise to the surface. You are designed, your frequency exists there and through your beliefs, through your traumas. And that's another thing about the Abraham Hicks works is, is that high level of consciousness that they are. They have no interest in wanting to take you to your trauma to heal it. They want to just get us to realize we create our own reality. But what that work limits or limited me in doing is Abraham often talks about don't go there, don't activate it. There's no need to reactivate it when actually, maybe not consciously, but during the ascension process, there will be things that come up that you need to face because it was never fully processed to begin with. So, although they are correct, they are also doing a disservice in some way, but that's not their intention. But or her intention even, but it limits the, you know, understanding that you have to feel it to heal it and that there are things that will come up for you that are not pleasing, that are perfectly correct. And I think Abraham, if Abraham was here talking, they would agree with that, that there are a lot of times negative emotions that come up, things that don't feel good. And that's actually something that is a 
from a higher perspective, a very good thing. Um, I think the higher self will move you into experiences that are not pleasing to you to get you to become more sure about what it is that you do want. And so there's power in that as well. So. Yep. I think that there are obstacles along the way because I'm a big subscriber to this idea. I've actually been doing a lot of it lately and it's been pretty dope, dude. Um, but I would say that um, it is a thing that the universe is kind of going to move you in that direction and it's going to say, okay, well, is this really what you want? Now, the question Can is... stop you for just a second? Please. Um, just because I want people to think about it this way. And I think that we because if the universe is god and we're god when we say things like the universe is trying to get us i'm, yeah. ju I'm not trying to correct you yep. i'm just giving you thoughts that i've come to as well um is that you're trying to the higher version of you i don't even like saying it like that but the the more expanded version of you yeah. the the soul part of you is trying is which is you right you do love yourself and you're trying to move yourself into experiences of not feeling love so it can feel so badly enough that you don't have any other option but to choose love i don't think that because i used to say things like that the universe the universe and i was really doing that because i needed a replacement for god which also says that something out there, which is separate from me, is trying to get me to do something. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just want to urge people in this process, you will start to realize mm, even my words, the meaning that they hold. If I start saying I'm trying to do this, then I'll understand that they're multi I'm multifaceted and there's different parts of me and there is a part of me that already has that money and there there is a version of me that already loves myself and there and I'm the one who's pulling me towards a greater version of myself. Right. Okay, no I think the universe and people usually they're just like all those stars out there are trying to get me to look at the clock at 11:11 11, 11. and it's like, well, <laughs> that's not really true either. <laughs> I agree completely. Take ownership of that. Be proud of yourself that you resonated in that moment with a specific frequency and had a synchronicity happen. You know, I picked up the phone today at 222. That happens every day for me. Yeah. And, you know, so it's not really a thing for me anymore. It's just something that I almost just am like, all right, just I'm still there. I'm still yeah. going with it. And not that it's necessarily angels who are going, he needs reassurance. It's more that's what happens in a synchronistic morph 5d experience is that things are going to line up and match up and if you are open to receive higher meaning that will be revealed to you because if everything is connected only you feel that things are just happening for no reason so in the 5d experience everything is synchronistic and everything is unity consciousness excuse me unity consciousness and there's, it's just in response to that. Yeah. I light a lighter. It's gonna, you know, heat burns. Um, the light is bright. It just is what it is. Um, so I don't want to take the magic out of it, but we can start saying, oh, because there's a lot of times in my readings, I'm receiving information mm -hmm. and I'm being told things. And then there's a lot of times in my readings where I am in the knowing of it. And maybe it's coming from my higher self or my soul. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I often say they're telling me, they're showing me that sort of thing. But a lot of times I'll say I feel or I'm seeing or I know because I know that I'm not being shown something. I instantly know because I have the information within me. 
Yeah. You know, sometimes I am receiving from something when I'm receiving from consciousness that was once physically focused or in a physical body. <laughs> Sorry. I love talking like this. And I, and I, I am being very, I'm very multifaceted. I'm being very much myself right now. But who, if you, if you heard me talking about other things in my life, you know, when I'm sitting on the couch, um, eating food and watching the Royal Housewives of Atlanta. But, um, <laughs> but, Honestly, when I'm uh, speaking to people and communicating with people that were once in a physical body, there's definitely information coming to me and coming from somewhere else. But then there's information that I have to realize, no, I just know it because I have that ability to just tap into that and know without it having to come from something higher than me. Hmm. I love that idea. I think it's great. And yes, I do use terms like universe just as a way of filtering out the conversation. But I, again, I love your perspective on it because even after this conversation, people will start watching. I mean, because for me, it started with watching my uh, speech patterns very closely. That was my first step in kind of creating my own reality. And after my, you know, whatever kind of spiritual awakenings I've had along the way was to stop yep. to, to stop saying trying and going to and exist as I am doing this. It is happening now. Those are the big ones. As salespeople, uh-huh. which we are, uh-huh. that's the same thing as when I'm with my client and I'm working with her. Okay. And let's say I'm selling her a car and I say, when you get this home, you want to vacuum the seats out a little bit. And um, when, you, when you take it home, instead of if you get this today, yeah, so yeah. it's your wording does have power and persuasion over yourself too. That's it. That's so, exactly what it is. It's the experiencing of having it now because it does resonate at a certain frequency. You don't going to- the customer or the client say, that helps them tap into the experience of what it would feel like already having it as well. Right. And this, and even, and that's a great example, by the way, because now you're d doing that with yourself. You're We're not. all of our evil secrets. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's fine. I'm really transparent as, as my day job. But what, what I'd like to take away from that though, is that that does actually resonate at a certain point. And that is one of the ways if folks out there listening, like just getting into this. And again, if they've made it this far into the conversation, I, I applaud you guys. This is real deep shit. Uh, Christopher is incredible. Uh, he's not holding back anything. And I really do appreciate that. Please definitely follow him on his Instagram, which I'll have him tell you about here in a little bit. But then also, uh, I will be linking in the show notes as well, because you do your your updates and you do these great videos and you're just, you're wonderful at what you do. Not only because of how extremely knowledge and knowledgeable and insightful you are, but you've got a great sense on how to package it and how to present it. The information is presented extremely well. Uh, and so let me ask you this, though. Um, so we're probably going to wrap it up here in a little bit. Um, but I wanted to know about your Kundalini awakening specifically, if you don't mind, uh, what that experience was like, because I've heard it's terrifying. And I've heard that it's not something that you recommend, you know, is recommended. Um, they would not they would have a really hard time selling it if there was a brochure or a package um, <laughs> for it. Yeah. I mean, if I could now, I would never get a refund on my Kundalini okay. experience. Yes. Ever. But at the time, I wanted my money back. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> I did. And I felt like Karen, I wanted to speak to the manager. <laughs> and I was not having it. So um, Kundalini... Um, 
that's an energy I had heard about. And I had had experiences leading up to that point. Um, in 2015, when I lived in Chicago, I went to a group meditation and about three times of going, and these were called um, Sri they were fire meditations that, <laughs> that happened um <laughs> that, <laughs> that happened at sunset and sunrise and we would always do it at the exact time of sunset and i was kind of into that i was loving it i had just become um or i had been vegan for about a year and um i had started going to this um place that had uh, like a spa in the back and it was a raw food place and they did these like group meditations. And I, and I just felt like I wanted to go and experience that. And, and they were like me. So I felt comfortable. I felt like, okay, I want to do this. And I just remember feeling the center of my forehead starting to pulse and it's doing it right now. It's, it does it probably 90% of my experience in the past several years. There is an energy in the center of my forehead feeling like, kind of like if you could imagine, um, God. For the 90s kids, it's kind of like um, that part in Matilda where the, the Trunchbull is yelling into the intercom in the school and the speaker's going like this, like to the sound of her voice. That's what I liken it to. Or kind of like Stargate when they're like coming out of it and it's like blue. Okay. It, that's what that feels like. It's like a pulsing, almost like a heart beating, but it's like this. Boom. And I started to feel it. And it was so intense that I took the back of my hand here and was just like tapping it because I can get real worried about stuff like that. Yeah. I was like, ooh, I don't like whatever's happening right there. And afterwards, they said, okay, can we share our experiences? And I never, ever had an experience up to that point. Of course, this was the third or fourth time I had been. And I always was just like, no, I don't have anything to say. Because at that time, I didn't even really know how to meditate. Um, because I just thought, let me sit here and imagine all the things I want. Okay, that's what I thought I should be doing with that time. And, but I just think I something happened in those moments. Um, and in that energy, that I something got activated, because it was the first time I ever remember that and then it would happen every now and then after like maybe once or twice a month i would feel it and i would touch again and sometimes i would worry about it but i just never really paid attention to it and it became more as time went on and then a couple years after that um i started to wake up in the middle of the night of course i was going through a very intense time in my life um very i was homeless i was living in this old house that was heavily active um when I say active, I mean like lights were going out and then coming back on again. I was talking to whatever this being was like uh, by the, I would go get a light bulb and then come back to change it and it would be on. And so they would go out and I would say, I'm not getting a light bulb. You can turn the light back on and it would come right back on. And yes, I was scared. It did bother me. And it was this old house that I was painting and living in and getting money to paint it. Okay. And, um, I, I basically, and on the last day, the front door completely shut itself and the storm door on the outside was locked from the inside. So like it completely shut itself. 
Okay. And I got the hell out of there. I told the owner, I said, I'm not going back. And several times in that house, I woke up in a state of extreme panic and anxiety, which I had not ever experienced anything like that. The closest thing to that that I had ever experienced was about six months before all of that, I had a very intense mushroom trip. Nice. Okay. Um, where I did about nine grams of mushrooms Whoa. all at once. Yeah. As a heroic dose, even by Terrence McKenna standards. Yes. And that okay. was not on purpose. It was kind of, I just, that was carelessness on my part. And I also smoked weed and it, I started to panic during, and I believed that I was going to turn into a vegetable. So I really was in a state of dread and panic, but also the mushrooms did take me it, it all the things that have happened since, um, I did kind of get whiffs of that during that mushroom trip, things to do with my dad that needed to be healed, suicide, the idea of killing myself came up during that time because I just felt so horrible while it was happening. I was so sensitive. And then, you know, it finally went away about nine hours in and I was like, okay, I'm okay again. And, um, but during that year, I couldn't, um, I couldn't even smoke weed anymore because it would make me feel so different. It would remind me of that and make me kind of panic a little bit. Yeah, it's like when and, you get food poisoning and you just can't touch that food for a while or you get a you get yes, you morph yes. on vodka and you can't even think of vodka for a while. It's, I liken it to that, yes. Okay. And so I started to wake up completely sober um, during living in that house. I'm feeling like I didn't know who I was and in a state of panic and would wake up, my heart was beating, my face would be flushed. And I just, I would, one time I even ran out of the house just to like feel air, to like get a grasp of reality again. So I started to think something was trying to get into my body or that something that was in the house was, was trying to take over my body because I was, I've always been very spiritual. And I was at the time I was reading the book open opening to channel. So I was actually actively trying to prepare myself to be a channel. Oh, you got it. You got your opportunity. Yeah. it, It came in a different way. I'm not like going into some deep meditative state and letting some being take over my body yet i don't know if that's going to happen i may now that i do the work that i do i don't even desire that to happen i think my ego wanted that because i wanted to do some type of work and i wanted it to be powerful the way that bashar and abraham and um cryon and all of them i just thought i was so allured by that so and now that i think about it like i may not even really enjoy that they may not even be how i have to get my message out so um or any kind of message out doesn't have to be that way so and that process helped me let go of that. But I eventually, I'm trying to, it can get a little blurry at times, but at one point on a specific day, I was at work and I was, cause even though I was homeless, I still worked full time. I had a, an awesome job. I just gotten into a situation in my life. So I, was on the computer and I just felt this energy come into my body. My heart dropped into my stomach. I started to panic and I went out and um, make a long story short, it didn't go away. Um, It kind of came off and on for several weeks. I didn't sleep. I would go into kind of a half daze where you're kind of like you're, you're dreaming, but you're not actually asleep. 
Um, I never actually went to sleep uh, for 21 days. I would lay there. And from that point forward, that moment forward, it just progressed. And there would be times where I felt more normal than others. But when you don't sleep for that long, it gets really bad. And I was having intense fear, sudden suicidal thoughts. And the, and I did not, I was not aware of Kundalini awakening. I had heard about it, I had, but I didn't know much about it. I was having intense third eye and crown chakra like feeling like my head was going to cave in and I felt like I had a hat on or a tight or a band around my head for all of that time. It felt like it was hard to keep my eyes open. My, um, I was in such a state of panic. I had such a sharp pain in my solar plexus. My face would burn every time I would like this panic would come on or this, um, like my heart would keep dropping. And this went on for several weeks and, or it would just feel like you had butterflies and I couldn't even sing. And I love singing. Okay. I couldn't even sing because I was so nervous. My body was in such a state of like, like when you're really nervous and your voice is real shaky. It was like that for 21 days. I had severe brain fog. I would have to repeat what other people said to me in my mind. I was having severe kriyas, which are involuntary muscle spasms and jerks. Um, and I still have kriyas a lot. They're not the jerks. They're the twitches and the spasms. I get twitches all over my body, like little eye twitches, but they're yeah. spout all over my body in the bottoms of my feet um, in my and it moves and it travels and it's the Kundalini moving through the system and clearing blockages. And I know that now, but the kriyas were jerks so that they would be like these sudden like my hand would move in these weird positions and i would be in the shower and i would go to like touch myself and my hand would move i thought i was possessed i, th I thought it was i was coming to so many different conclusions i got all these supplements i um was reading all these books, Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I thought I was doing something wrong and that I had a panic disorder and I needed to now learn how to deal with it because I didn't want to take medication. And this, um, I went to see the medium I always went to see and it didn't help because uh, that wasn't going to help me. And she told me I was going to be fine, but that was not going to help me. Um, there were so many things that were happening from the digestive issues. And then finally, some I was referred to someone who I would call a shamanic practitioner, and she probably wouldn't call herself even that, um, but she used Native American techniques, feathers, things like that, and I just was doing it because I'm into this stuff. It's not totally out of my comfort zone, and so I went there, and I did it, and I really didn't know what to expect. I hoped that it would work. I heard so many good things about her, and she's revered in the community, and she doesn't advertise what she does, so I felt like this feels more real and genuine, and she used these feathers, and that the whole experience of that was very, very intense, wild, something out of a movie. And afterwards, after she was done, that feeling was gone, but it had also subsided several times during those three weeks. So I just thought maybe I'm going to get back in the car, and someone had to drive me because I couldn't drive myself. Um, um, I was also not eating. I lost 15 pounds. It was very horrendous. I was the the thoughts and the, the imagery. The I went to an optometrist because I was seeing like white spots and sparkles in my vision. So I thought that the the adrenaline and the cortisol was just eating through my optic nerve. That's what I thought was happening. And That's I just delightful. thought. Yeah, I just thought my body is decaying and it's and it's um, being burned up. I was so hot. I was being burned up from the inside out, like certain places would feel like they were on fire. Well, after it was done, she sat there and she said, we need to talk. 
she said, do you know what an empath is? And I said, it's someone who can feel what other people are feeling. And she said, mm, not, no. She says, it's actually someone who can absorb emotions from other people. Now, and she started to go into explanation about that. And this is a 78-year-old woman who is a very famous quilt artist that um, she's very famous um, and very well known and revered in spiritual communities. And one of her quilts is even in Bill Clinton's um, library or whatever. These are things I had to find out on my own after. She even has a, a famous son who, who is an actor. So um, just bizarre. And this is 40, about 30 minutes away from where I'm from in Louisville, Kentucky. And we're out in a yurt in her backyard outside of her cabin in the woods. It was, it was perfect for the kind of movie. I'm going to make about my life one day. <laughs> awesome. um, but she explained that and she said, you need to buy a stone and wear it around your neck. And I just felt like, okay, I'm already into spirituality, but I don't want to be an empath. I don't want to experience this ever again. And um, I eventually, a few months after that, I started to feel better because I was very depressed. A lot of things were changing in my life. Certain people left my life because my frequency changed so quickly that there were certain people that just left. Yeah. Like my best friend just completely gone out of my life. And I then just got this inkling, I'm going to move to Atlanta. And of course, I'm shortening a lot of this. Um, and I ended up moving to Atlanta and getting a promotion with my job. And that's when when and when I was moving here, because I originally wanted to move here because I make music and I'm I sing and I and I do production and all of that. And Atlanta is I mean, I love hip hop music. So I've always had an affinity towards for Atlanta. And a lot of my favorite mediums and spiritual people are from here as well, like Jamie Butler, um, who is a, uh, a fantastic medium. She's very powerful. But I, when I got here or was moving here, I remember thinking to myself, I think you're moving here for spiritual reasons. And I just was kind of like, okay, I'm going with it. I just felt better than I had had than I did in several months. And I just was excited to make this change in my life. And I had something to look forward to. And about nine months into living here or seven months into living here, it happened again. I had another wave of it because whatever had begun had was not done. And that time it was the throat. I had severe throat tightness. It was closing and I thought I was going to choke. I had, and so it will come in waves and it will do different things. And these different symptoms will happen. And so I went through these things and I was logging it all. I have journals where I'm logging it, journaling and logging the experiences. Um, twitching in the bottom of the feet. Like I knew something was telling me you need to log all of this because you're going to share it with people. And, or if you're going to write about this one day, because I just knew if you're going to go through something this horrendous, because it did feel that way to me, yeah. it was that horrendous. Um, it has, to, you have to, it has to be for a reason or there's just no purpose to any of this. It has to be for a reason. You have to help others who go through this, even if you're not happy ever again, which I definitely thought that I may not be. But this was also after several months of working with psychics and mediums here who were telling me I had this gift. And, and I was having, right after I moved to Atlanta, I had all of these precognitive experiences, these premonitions. Um, I was having experiences at my day job at my work where I was like doing readings for them in the office and, and they, and I was getting all this confirmation that, oh my gosh, yes. And so I just felt a lot more confident about it. And then I had this wave of Kundalini happen again. And I just thought, ah, maybe I don't want to have anything to do with any of this. Yeah. So, and then of course, 
that brought up more things with it, a lot of sexual stuff, a lot of repressed stuff. And so now I've got a lot of heart symptoms happening right now because I, I, I did these two and then this one did its thing and now this one is doing its thing now. And so if it comes, I do believe that my experience with Kundalini is um, not, it's never over, but that, blown open thing that happened to me, which happens to a lot of people, I do think that that is done for me. I think that there will be waves of things. There'll be things that may be difficult or things that um, growing, excuse me, growing pains I may go through, but that, and there's so much that I'm leaving out, but there is a lot of it that I think I did the hard, heavy stuff because I'm not afraid of anything now. I'm not afraid of anything. I used to have a lot of fears and I'm not afraid if, when you come face to face with your own shadow, with all of your darkness, and you get to that point where you are so highly sensitive. I was, that Kundalini experience made me extremely sensitive to light, which I already am, light and sound. I've always been highly sensitive, but this whole experience allowed me to understand that I'm a highly sensitive person who is an empath. Because all empaths, if you truly are, are highly sensitive, but not all highly sensitive people are empaths. So I now understand what I am and what, how I need to live my life and that I need to clear my energy and that these things are very real. And I've had my own experience with it because I hear ringing in my ears a lot from frequencies downloading. I see sparkles and I now can see prana, which is life force energy. Cool. Excuse me. And it looks like... Um, let me find it. There they are. So it looks like little, um, okay, you know when you look up in the sky and you can see those little things on the film of your eye? Yeah. Like little floaters? Yeah. I used to see those as a kid and wonder what they are. And I even as a kid, I started to realize that they were probably on the film of my eye. Yeah. This, I still see those if I'm looking at the sky or light. And in here, there's not as many of them. But if I went outside, there's more of them around in nature outside and around people um, but it looks like little and i got this analogy from doing reading online but it's perfect it looks like little sperm molecules wisping around under a microscope but they look like little fairies too like they they wisp in and out of existence they they they're like little shooting stars just constantly and if i'm outside or or you're talking to me and there's a white wall behind you it's very vivid like distracting um, yeah it can be but a lot of times i don't even notice it if it's darker or um but a lot of them will be brighter than others and then i also see sparkles which is an ascension symptom where you see these like blue or pink or amber or white like little sparkly things out of the corner of your vision and now they're not even in the corner anymore because i i started to understand intuitively that the reason that you see a lot of these things in the peripheral vision is because whatever you're giving your attention to at that time is what you believe is most real so they can get into your experience over here because this is all a little less real over here and so they can seep in there. And so these flashes of light, I have seen large blue orbs, um, like a big one one time. And I do believe that it was um, Archangel Michael, and I'm not into the angels and stuff the way other people are. I don't recall, I, I don't mean to mock it, but like 
you got to understand for me to say that I believe that's Archangel Michael, that came with a lot of speculation, a lot of contemplation, a lot of connecting, a lot of validation from Jamie Butler herself. When I uh, worked with her, um, first thing she said when, when I um, was with her, she's like, you do have an angel with you and it's Michael. He's identifying himself as Michael. And I said, well, that's interesting because that, that might be the blue orbs that I'm seeing. And, which those could also be Pleiadian beings. They can show up as blue orbs, but this is, this was angelic. I I do believe. So when you start to see things like that, and when you can see prana and seeing prana is not a psychic ability, it is a result of the third eye, the pineal gland upgrading to a new operating system and the crown chakra being more open. And there's actually a physical physiological shift to your optic nerve and you now begin to see energy prana aura things like auras things like that like i can now see um when someone's standing somewhere i can see that film on the outside of their body and some and if i stare at it long enough and relax into it it can it can kind of start to go room like that and it's kind of fun to do that And a lot of times I'll sit there and I'll go, okay, are you making this shit up? <laughs> I just picture you sitting on a park or something and staring at somebody and then the hell is this guy yeah, doing? Like, don't pay any attention to me. I'm looking at your aura. <laughs> yeah, I'm just <laughs> looking at your aura. <laughs> I'm looking at the don't light. Don't get weird. I'm off of your body. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? And but I'm like, this is really happening for me. Those yeah. are the types of ascension symptoms. Now, when I post about my ascension symptoms and I say pain in the hips, headaches, teeth and jaw pain. Yeah, it's winter. Maybe you're having sinus pressure because of allergies. Sure. You might be going through all kinds of stuff. Use your own intuition. Let the other things pass you by. Um, What I do is I experience a lot of them and I know what's going on because I'll have, there will be times in the past six months where I'll come down with sudden cold and flu symptoms, which in my entire life always resulted in some three to 10 day thing. And then it's like body aches, chills, fever, shaking, feeling weak, kind of nauseous, literally an hour or the next day, completely gone, never came back. That has never happened to me before. So I have to, and then I have to start thinking, I think this is the body's way of purging certain things. And I am experiencing a lot of them, but a lot of times I will sit down to write the post and I'll start to feel things in my body like this morning i was just sitting there and all of a sudden i started to get severe pain in my side and in my hips and so i just knew that okay sometimes i get a thought about it and sometimes it's an actual feeling in my body so i just pain in the hips okay and get up and go about my day and never felt it again so i do believe there's a pendulum aspect and i have been told astrologically and from readers and i do understand myself as a physical empath because i can be around people and get their headaches i was around somebody the other day who had um who sprained their uh, left wrist and had never gotten it taken care of and my left wrist started hurting real bad and so i just knew to say to them because usually if i say something to them it helps it go away all that sounds really out of a movie i know but um but they're just like yeah it's my left wrist and it's and i'm like is it hurting right now no and i'm like well because i am i'm the one doing feeling it for them in that moment which is just um it's just a synchronistic like synchronized um 
it's just what impacts my energy field. That's just what it does. So um, I also have to understand that if I tune in and I ask and I say, I'm going to do this post to help other people, let's see what's going on. I'm sure they're going to give me they or my higher self, whatever, because I don't always connect, you know, oh, I have this guide who was some, um, he's an, he's a Pleiadian. And my other guide is a um, ancient Greek Persephone is my goddess and she's my guide and she's I don't have all I don't really identify them that way I feel them as energy and I don't give them a lot of personification but they definitely are there and they're communicating with me so I think that's their way of giving me what's going on at that time and sometimes they're just thoughts they're just like oh that's what's going on as well and I may not be experiencing it damn this is awesome. This has been so incredible. We're we're gonna wrap it up, man. But I love talking to you. I I think you're fascinating. I think you're awesome. I I do want you to um, tell the folks out there where they can find you. Uh, and like I said, we we still have tons to talk about. You mentioned a ton of things that as I was listening, I was jotting a few of them down. And we will do this again because we have a sequel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a sequel or a trequel or a forequel or whatever. Yeah, prequel and a. Is a forequel yeah. thing? Okay. A quadruple. I'm um, so ready for it. <laughs> I well again. Thank you so much for this, man. Uh, so tell tell everybody out there uh, how they can find you and keep up with you. All right. So of course, if you um, want to be entertained, you can follow me on TikTok, especially. But all that's on Instagram. Oh, I didn't know you, you were on TikTok. I just got on that bitch. Okay, I'll check you out. Yeah, you gotta gotta find me on TikTok. I was a holdout but, for a long time. I've got all my information on Instagram. I'm also on Facebook. Um, and it's the Astro Medium on TikTok and Instagram. And you can type into YouTube and Facebook the like two words the astro medium and um, you can also go to my website if you'd like to book a reading with me um, that is www.christopher with a y c-h-r-y-s-t-o-p-h-e-r medium.com i'm also running a contest right now a monthly contest if you go to my instagram you'll find that enter to win and you can win a 30 minute reading with me so So, thank you so much I will definitely be linking that stuff in the show notes. And I, like I said, my friend, I can't thank you enough, dude. I think you're fascinating. I think you're awesome. I, I appreciate you and I appreciate you having me on here. Thank you. Oh yeah. Like I said, we'll, we'll do this again for sure. Okay. I, thank you again, my friend. Have a good evening. You too. Massive thanks to Christopher, the astro medium for his time today. Uh, mind blown, right? Uh, the dude's incredible. You guys, uh, links in links in the show notes below on how you can find him there. Uh, very very fascinating episode. I'm uh, again, you know, a little discombobulated about how great that was. So uh, contact Christopher. Uh, he does readings. He's he's incredible at what he does. He will be on again. We we only skim the surface of. Uh, what this dude's capable of conversating about. So we will uh, do this again for sure. Uh, thank you so much for listening again, guys. Uh, if you find this valuable, please like and share. Uh, as for this show as well, uh, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. If you want to email the show directly, of course, uh, you guys know the drill. It's at expandingrealitypodcast at gmail.com. The video will be up on YouTube at Expanding Reality. Uh, again, like and share. Go Go check this thing out. Thanks again for your time. Uh, You guys go out into the world, pick up some litter, buy a meal for somebody else, do something nice for somebody else, and y'all just, in general, y'all be good to each other. (laughs) 